Thank you for listening to this week's message from Go Church. We hope it encourages you today. For more information about Go Church, check us out online at letsgo.church. We hope you enjoy today's message. All the adults in the house, I want you to think back, back, back. Have you ever in your life said a romantic, I love you, to somebody else? Can I see a hand in the air? An unashamed, romantic, I love you. Yes, some of us are old enough to do this. Now, students, maybe you have not arrived at the time to say a true, romantic, I love you, and I would say, that's awesome, right? Parents, they've got plenty of time, right? Parents, can we just give a little round of applause for our students? Plenty of time, don't worry about that, don't worry about that. So those of us who are maybe a bit older, I want you to think back to those words and those times because it's risky, right? It's risky. Sometimes the I love you can come too soon, right? Sometimes, guys, the I love you can come a little too late, right, ladies? Just a little too late. Sometimes the other person is early or the other person is late. But you desperately, if you say I love you, what do you want to hear in return? Did somebody say thank you? (laughs) Have you got that one back before? I love you. Thanks. You're great. So to remember the awkwardness, why don't we read a couple of text messages that I found this week. Hi, hi. Did you eat? Did you eat? Are you copying me? Are you copying me? I love you. Yeah, I ate already. A little awkward. It's like, what are you doing? Watching a movie? You. Bored at home? What movie? P.S. I love you. You do? You have no idea how long I have wanted you to say that. I have loved you since the moment I met you. I never thought you would love me too. Of course, Michael, I meant the movie's name. P.S. I love you. Awkward. Ouch. If you say it and you don't get the I love you back, it hurts a little bit, right? It does hurt. So today, why don't we do a little practice, okay? We're going to practice. I'm going to say I love you, and I really hope that I hear something in return. Can we try it? I love you. Did somebody say thank you? I thought I heard it again over here. Was it you? Let's try it again. I love you. You know, we don't say it enough. Let's try it one more time. I love you. I love you too. Come on. Now today, we're talking about this because last week, as we got started in this series, what on earth am I here for? We talked about the very first thing that we were created for was to be loved by God. God going first, God saying, I love you. So what do we do in return? Are we going to be like like awkward side hug? Like, it's great. Uh-huh. Sure. Are we going to say, I love you too? Or are we going to say something in between those two statements, those two experiences? I want you to think today about how you respond to the people in your life when they say, I love you, or they extend affection to you. And I also want you to think about how you respond to God. Maybe you've never really thought about it like that. God's gone first. You realize that? God went first. He said, I love you first. The Bible says that even while we were sinners, Christ gave his life for us. That means Jesus was loving us. He was at his best when we were at our worst. 
He went first. He risked it all. He said the big, I love you. And he showed it. So what do we do as individuals, as a church, as humanity in response? Now listen, in life, when you say I love you, you want to hear that I love you too back. And there have been times in my life that I really, really wanted to hear I love you back. I love you too. And one of those times, I've got to take you back. So Becky and I, my beautiful wife, Becky, we have been married for 23 years last May. Please give Becky a round of applause. Thank you for loving me that long. So I want us to go back before all of that. I want us to go back to when I was at the University of Oklahoma, senior year, about to graduate. Now, at that point in my life, I had known Becky for almost half of my life. We were friends. We met in church. We grew up together. We were in youth group together. We started to date, you know, just like cute, fun high school date. And then we were dating through college. And then, man, I wanted to marry Becky. So I saved up. I got the ring. She didn't know about it. And I picked the night. Okay, so I set up this date. Now, this would have been back in like 19, the 1900s. It's been like 1999, and so the night came, planned this date, but I had a problem. You see, at that time, you know, the crossbody, merse, man thing was not really happening. And at that time, I was wearing cowboy boots. I was elevating streetwear in the streets of Oklahoma in 1999. I was going urban cowboy, little streetwear plus boots, but the pants were a little tight. You know, I'm sometimes wearing a little bit too tight of pants. And back then I'm wearing the tight pants and I've got this ring box. And I wanted to use a ring box, not just a ring, because this box was like nice white leather. And then you open up the top and this light comes on and the light bounces off the ring. It goes, bling. I mean, it didn't say that. It didn't make the noise, but bling, just shines out. So I'm like, I've got to do this at night. I've got to get the ring pyrotechnics right. But how am I going to transport this ring? Because she's going to see it if it's like sticking out and it's weird. So I just take it and I shove it down in the top of my boot. I'm like, put it right in the boot. We go to dinner, and then we go to this place on campus that has a legend. This place is called the Spoon Holder. The Spoon Holder is... On campus at the University of Oklahoma, it was commissioned and built by the class of 1910. Now, the legend is, this is me and Becky back in the day, by the way. <laughs> really loved Becky, your socks and your shoe combo there. I mean, it's killer. High fashion stuff. Legend is, if you kiss a girl in the spoon holder, you're destined to stay together forever. So Becky and I go to the spoon holder. We're sitting here, and the time comes, and... I kind of surprise her. I get down, boom, pop the top. The thing shines out, and Becky screams. She goes, ah! But she didn't run. She just screamed. She's excited. And, man, she said, yes, I love you too. And it's been awesome. Becky, love you so much. Yes, 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 yes. 23 years, conflict-free, fight-free. We still don't know what that even looks like. I've never told a lie either. Well, I'll step out of the way for the lightning here in a minute. I always say this. I, I had an opportunity, phenomenal opportunity, to marry up. Men, I want to challenge you 
as you are growing, students, as you are growing up in this life, to always try to marry up. You want to diversify the gene pool in a positive direction. Marry up. Don't marry down, marry up. So thank you, Becky, for diversifying, making a wonderful, amazing family. But she gave me that I love you too moment. How awkward is it when you do the I love you and then it's not reciprocated? You're like, oh, I guess I misunderstood. Especially when it's serious. Like, yeah, we're, we're not there yet. Imagine God not just saying it, I love you, showing it, I love you, and we're like, eh, I'm a little busy. It's not really like a great time for me. You know, really career is important right now, and I'm trying to do this in my life, and maybe, you know, maybe later, maybe like in my 30s, maybe like when I settle down, I'll think about that. So I want us to consider how the Lord feels with the I love you, I love you too. And I want us to think about our human relationships with this. So it brings us to the one big thing. Write this down. Grab your communication card. Looks like this. Right across the top. Throw this down. I was created to belong. So last week, we started this series talking about how God has created us to be loved. This week, we were created to say, I love you too. We were created to belong, not just in a relationship with God, but in God's family. Everybody say family. So listen, one big thing, I was created to belong. I'm going to say I was created to, and I want you to say belong. Let's try this out. I was created to, let's do it again louder. I was created to, very good. So let's check this out. Grab your communication card, write this down. It's not just God that you're saying yes to. When you say, I love you too, I love you back. It's bigger than that. Write this down. God created me for his family. Ephesians 1.5 says this. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. We talked about this verse last week. when We were talking about being created to be loved. That before the earth was even made, maybe you're a person that believes it was millions of years ago. Maybe you're a billion plus. Maybe you're a trillion plus. Go back before that. And I believe that God knew you, knew your name, had a plan for your life, was thinking about you, wanted to bring you into the family before the world was even made. God has been in love with you for a billion years. What will we say? What will we do in return? So it's not just a yes to God. It's a yes to his family. When you say, yes, I love you, God. Yes, I want to be a part. God has created me for his family. Write this down. His family is called the church. Like capital C church, not just go church, but the church. First Timothy chapter three says this. I'm writing these things to you so you will know how people must conduct themselves in the household of God. You see that? Household, family. Think about your family, your group. This is the church of the living God, which is the pillar and foundation of the truth. This is foundational life that we're talking about. When you say yes to God, you're not just saying yes to him. You're saying yes to his family. Have you ever thought about that? 
It's not just saying yes to him. It's saying yes to him and also the people that he loves. No matter how you feel, God loves every single one of us the same in this room. It doesn't matter where you come from, what you look like, you have copious amounts of money, not that much money, lots of education, not a lot of education. God loves you all the same. Why? Something is worth what you pay for it. And he paid for our lives, all of our lives, through the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We are created in the image of God. So we say yes to God, but also to the things that God loves, which means I say yes to you. Which means I love you like a brother and a sister. You're part of my family. I'm a part of your family, his household. We have to remember that the church, Go Church, isn't a building. Yes, we're building a permanent home. We're working on it right off Central Park, right by In-N-Out Burger. Our location, you'll be able to get amazing fast food, and there's going to be a Dutch Brothers right across the street. Get your caffeine before, get your lunch after. It's going to be the whole total experience right there. Just a vortex of goodness. Church, caffeine, fries, hamburger, all that stuff. Amen. (laughs) But the church isn't a building. You are the church. You. You. This place is less if you're not a part of it. Other people miss you when you're not a part of it. You know that just seeing other people in this room affects other people's psychology. It just affects how they feel. It affects me. I know that when I look out and I see you singing, I see you smiling, maybe some of you are lifting a hand in worship, some of you are responding to God. When you step out and you take the elements for communion, when you pray, man, that affects me. When I see this band up here getting it, praising God, using their gifts to make his name big, it encourages me because it's a part of my family. You can't love God and hate his family at the same time. Can't do it. But sometimes we try a little bit. You can't love God and then say, I don't need his family. You can't say, I love God, but I don't have time for his family. You can't say, I love you, God, but these people are idiots. I'm obviously your favorite. Favorite child. You can't say, I love you, God, but you get so offended at the littlest, smallest, tiny little thing that you come up with all the excuses you can to step away and outside of family. Away and outside of people who might push you or challenge you. Or say something that you don't disagree with. So when you say yes to God, you say yes to his beautiful, sometimes messy, (laughs) sometimes amazing, sometimes courageous fam, household. So you get more than God. You get the family of God when you say, God, I love you too. I want you to just write a few of these things down, just keywords. This is like application. You know, what you don't apply will die. When you are in the body of Christ, when you are in his family, when you say, I love you too, God, here are some of the things, man. When you move from consuming to contributing, observing to participating, you open up your life, man, to 
a richness and a depth. It's like purpose is inflamed. It starts to feel like, man, I was made for this. Not just my job, not just the things that I'm good at out there, but here I start to feel connected. When you start to learn together, grow together, worship together, when you start to learn each other's names, when you start to pray for somebody else in your family that's right here in Go Church, that's when it starts to become fun. When great things happen, when bad things happen, we're here for each other. We can grieve together. I'm telling you, when Becky's mom passed away about a month ago, it ministered to me that so many of you sent Becky flowers to our house, cookies to our house. That really ministered to me, the cookie part. But the things kept coming. They kept coming. And you intended it for Becky, and she it really touched her heart, but then it touched my heart because it's touching the heart of the person that I love most. You see, you love her makes me feel loved. Now, if you say, Nick, I love you, but I can't stand Becky, we got problems. <laughs> I'm about to lay hands on you, not in a spiritual way. <laughs> Turn the other cheek so I can slap that one too. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> But you can't say, Nick, I love you, but your daughter, Sydney, yeah, I don't like her company. We got problems, buddy. <laughs> it's a joke. We all love you. Everybody say, we love you, Sydney, on three. One, two, three. We love you, Sydney. Yes, we do. If you come to me, <laughs> it has been restored. <laughs> Balance in the force has been restored. See, the same thing about my boys. Like, Pastor Nick, I love you, but, man, your boys are just, I don't like them. They're just annoying, crazy teenagers. I'm sorry, but we got problems. It's the same thing. It would say, God, I love you, but they get on my nerves. I love you, but I'm not going to their small group because they said one thing last time that made me mad. God, I love you, but they don't do the same thing politically that I do. They don't dress the same way. They don't think about the same stuff in our neighborhood that I think about, and I'm not going to have it. I'm not going to do it. They make me mad. How do you think God feels about that? God loves all of his children, so if we say we love God, we've got to love what God loves. Each and every one of us and people in our community, and yes, even the people that are hard to love. How many of you know at least one person raise a hand that's hard to love? Hopefully you're not sitting by them. I just, we won't go any further on that. To be able to celebrate together. Becky and I have gone to just several, we can't go to everything, but some of the things we've been able to go to is Cade Bridwell. He's a senior here at Go Church and graduating and going to school in Montana. We were able to go to his house with his family, party it up, give him a gift, pump him up, and to see that moment, to be there to celebrate together, it's awesome. Riley, Meikle, graduating, going to TCU, Horn frogs, the OU person inside of me would be like, no, but the kingdom is bigger than the campus. <laughs> and it's just awesome to see them transition into that next phase. Her dad, Todd, just recently celebrated his 50th birthday, and 50s never looked better, man. Todd's making it look good. Celebrate with him. You see, in the family of God, we're there when it's hard, we're there when it's tough, but we're also there to celebrate. 
to lift each other up, to spur one another on, to give that high five. If you get a raise, something happens in your life. The people in this church, the people in your life should be jumping up and down with you. I'm matching your energy, man. You're jumping, I'm jumping. You're high-fiving, I'm high-fiving. I'm celebrating with you. If I don't, I'm probably insecure and jealous. God has some work to do in my heart. I was created, say it with me, I was created to belong. Belonging has its benefits. Write this down on your communication card. The Bible uses two pictures for the idea of the church. Write this down. In the body of Christ, I discover my value. I discover my value. The body of Christ is one of the pictures that the Bible uses, the Apostle Paul uses, to help us understand what it's like to be a part of God's family. So the Apostle Paul, in many books, specifically 1st, 2nd Corinthians, some Romans passages, talks about how the body is made up of different parts, right? But it's a unified body. Now imagine if you wake up one morning and your foot decided to change places with your nose. And you wake up and you trip, but it smells weird, and then you go to the mirror and it looks weird, and you're like, what? It would not be good. Can we just agree? It would not be good. Now, many of us guys have put the foot in the mouth, but to swap the foot with the nose would be weird. Each part has a role to play. Some of the parts of your body that you never even think about, when they start hurting, all of a sudden, it's an important part of the body. Like, you've never thought about your Achilles tendon at all in your whole life until it starts hurting, and then you just, that's all you think about is this. You start to do all your exercises, figure it out, Google it up, what is up with this? Every part has its purpose. You're an important part, but you're not the only part. We should remember the value in the other parts. In the body of Christ, I discover my value, and I think you could expand it. In the body of Christ, you also see value. There are so many people, so many of you are so much better than me at a great many things. I mean, I just watched this on Sunday, and I'm like, I can't, they do things I can't do. I cannot hear harmony for nothing. Becky can sing it, our kids can sing it, Sydney can sing it, I can't hear it for nothing. It's just like a magic power. And I wish I could do it, but I can't. But when I see her doing it and the boys doing it and you doing it, it makes me thankful to God, Father, to see the diversity in the body of Christ. Each part has a position. Now, how many of you have played team sports in your life? All the the way back, even when you were a kid. Team sports? Yeah. I love sports people. In sports, you can have a great player, right? But if you put that great player in the wrong position... It's not good. Not good. We are in a unique position here in Denver because we are home to the NBA champion Denver Nuggets. I expect Rocky to come down the thing. So they go and they win. I'm telling you, it was almost a spiritual experience to see them sweep the Lakers. I'm just love, I loved every part of all of that. Just sweep them up, man. Go ahead. Sweep them up. So this is a picture, of course, of Nicola and Jamal, and I ran across this clip of them celebrating after the big win. Check this out. 
I imagine that somebody like off the bench, he didn't get to play at all, but he's like, cannonball, I'm going to get my moment. So imagine this. So Jamal and Nicola, they work the pick and roll, unlike any other team, I think, in the NBA. They just work it. They've got this in sync mentality where they can just read each other, and they could work it, man. But imagine in the offseason, Jamal's sitting around, and he's like, you know, I've played my position a pretty long time. I think I need to expand. I think I want to make a change. So he goes to coach, and he goes, coach, I think next year I want to play down low. I want to be center. How about Nicola and I switch positions? It could be dynamic. It could be new. And imagine you're the coach, and you're like, that's an idea. But you're 6'4", and Nicola is 6'11", 285. So unless you can grow a lot in the offseason, I'm not sure about the viability of this idea. But this is true leaders with the teams that we have, isn't it? You can have a great player, but if you have them in the wrong position, it throws off the dynamic of the team. If you think about the band, you say, all right, keyboard player, I need you to go play the drums. Uh, maybe. Now, the only person who could probably do that is Omar. Omar right over here, he can play any instrument on the stage. So I can't use him as an example. But you tell somebody who's really great at guitar, hey, I need you to go up here and I need you to sing now. Maybe, maybe not. Each person has their role to play. So they have to be appreciated for their role. As the person playing that role, you've got to recognize, here's where I'm adding some value. And when you live this way, spirituality starts to be fun. Like you start sensing growth. You start sensing like, man, God has put some stuff in me for this. It's so cool to be used. It's so cool that God can use me to lead a small group, to greet at the door, to do care ministry. Thursday night, we had a team go and serve food and help people who are on a difficult situation. Maybe you've got a heart to serve. Maybe you love kids. Maybe you love hospitality. Just seeing God use you, it makes it feel fun. So how can you take steps for this? This is how very practically in Go Church. Grab your communication card. Look at the very bottom. There is a checkbox that says growth track. Growth track is our vehicle to help you find a team to serve on. To help you find a team to serve on. Growth track is where it's at. So growth track is primarily about you. Yes, you hear vision. Yes, you hear history. Yes, you hear where we're headed, where we've been, things that are important. But the biggest section of growth track is about you. Taking an assessment on your personality, taking a spiritual gifts test, finding a team to serve on, meeting other people, setting in here, getting to know names. That's when it starts to become fun. So I double dog dare you, check that box and say, I'm going to be there. August 5th, we have food, we have drinks, we have coffee, we have childcare. Let's do it. Everybody say, let's do it. Let's do it. One big thing, I was created to belong. Here's the second picture. The second image is a flock, flock of sheep. Write this down. In God's flock, I am protected and cared for. Psalms 103 says, God made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Now, maybe you're thinking, sheep, really? I mean, kind of hairy. I mean, sheep are not exactly cool. They're not exactly sexy. They're sheep. They are dependent. They're not very independent. 
They can't even really defend themselves that well. They need a lot of care. But this is one of the pictures that the Bible uses the most to describe our relationship to God. Psalm 23, talking about the Lord is my shepherd. Jesus talks about being the shepherd. So whether we jump right on this or not, at one point in our life, if you're a follower, a lover of Jesus Christ, he has found you. And he hasn't just taken care of you in isolation. He's tried to bring you into the flock, into a family, into a team where you can thrive. This is what Jesus says. He says this, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. A hired hand runs away because he cares nothing for the sheep. Like when the wolves come. But I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and my sheep know me. I lay down my life for my sheep. They listen to my voice and they follow me. And I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one will ever be able to snatch my sheep out of my hand. I was reading through that, and I was just so thankful. I was thinking back into my life about all the times I've needed a shepherd. You know, sometimes you just don't realize you need one until you hit a difficult time. Everything's going great in your job, and then it isn't. When things are breaking apart professionally, you need a shepherd. When you are in crisis, you need a shepherd. When you need protection, you need a shepherd. When your kids are on the crazy side of crazy, you need a shepherd. When your marriage is in crisis, you need a shepherd. When things are breaking apart, you need a shepherd. And in Christ, we not only have a shepherd, we have the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is transcendent and he is also imminent. He is eternal and he is also your shepherd. Do you believe that, Go Church? If you believe it, come on, make some noise and say, God, I'm thankful for you. Jesus, I'm thankful that you're my shepherd. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for providing for me. Thank you for being there for me. Now, darn it, I kind of want to be sheep. I was created to belong. When you belong, it's not just to your shepherd. It's to your flock. It's a totality to belong. Not just Jesus. It's Jesus and the flock that make a huge difference. Galatians 6.2 says this, share each other's burdens and in the same way obey the law of Christ. If you think that you are too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. Ouch. This is not me culture at all. (laughs) You're not that important. Today I started with a story about my senior year in college at OU, and I want to end with a story about my freshman year from OU. 
I graduated from a small, nothing high school in Oklahoma, Mounds, America, in Oklahoma. And we had like 45 kids that graduated. Nobody else went to school at OU. I went by myself. I didn't know anybody there. And freshman year, man, you know, mom and dad dropped me off in front of couch dormitory. We unloaded the stuff. They drove off and didn't see them until Christmas. So it was up to me to make a life, meet people, do the things. So I'm a pretty friendly guy, so I could talk to lots of people. And I always had friends growing up, so I had a lot of acquaintances my freshman year, right? Sometimes it even works like this now in our neighborhoods. You have a lot of acquaintances, but maybe not a lot of friends. Somebody that sees through your act but still enjoys the show kind of person. Who knows how you are really. Cares about you. I didn't have those my freshman year, first semester. So I decided I'm going to, I want to try harder. I'm going to try something different. So I went, decided to go to a campus ministry group on campus. I go to this campus ministry group, and it's a cool little group. I go in, and a guy greets me really fast. His name is Jess. And this is a picture of me and Jess. Look at this. This is like 1997, man. Look at this fit. I got like an oversized jacket. I got the vest. And long, kind of razored hair there in the back. I don't know what I was trying to pull off, but I was trying back in 1997. So this is Jess. This was like at our banquet that we had around the end of the year. Jess, he talked to me. You don't think greeting is important in Go Church? People have decided so many times whether they're ever going to come back before they even walk in the door. It starts in the parking lot. It starts, can they find the thing? It starts, how does it look online? It's like, how does that online stream sound? I'm going to watch that eight times, and if I feel like it can connect, then I'm going to come maybe try it out. So many people decide before they even walk through the door. So I walk through the door, and there's Jess. He's smiling. We talk. He grew up in church. I grew up in church. He was smart. I wanted to be smart. He's a pharmacist now in Tulsa. Jess was my very first small group leader. I never had a small group before. I went to events in church, you know, like I went to youth. I went to things like this, but I never had a small group. You know, I never had a smaller group of people that cared about me that we would talk, pray, help each other, spur each other on, support each other. Never had that. Jess was my first small group leader ever. And man, he was a great one. We started to eat lunch in the cafeteria together. We ended up being roommates the next year. So for a year, we lived together. And we would pray together in our dorm room. We would pray and walk around the campus. We would do ministry events together. Keep each other accountable to go to class, y'all. Sometimes you need somebody that will kick you in the behind, drag you down out of the top bunk. Now, I was in the top bunk, and I had made this little curtain I had strung up the string where it could block the light from this window that would blaze in every morning. It's like the eastern sun. And I would pull it across, and every once in a while, Jess would be like, it's time to get up and go to class. So Jess and I, we developed this relationship. We both graduated, but guess what? We stayed connected. He was in my wedding, we talked about. And our families began to grow. And when Becky and I had Sydney, very first child, he said he was born with a lot of health problems, special needs. Guess who I called, talked to about it, cried together, prayed together. It was Jess. This picture that you're going to see is a recent picture of Jess and Evie and their family. 
and their amazing boys, and they decided to adopt, they wanted to adopt Adelaide from China. And guess who called me when they were trying to figure it out? How can we afford it? All the things they had to jump through to adopt Adelaide and then try to do the surgeries to reconstruct her mouth and her jaw and all the challenges. You know, we're brothers. If Jess texted me right now, I need you in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'm on a flight today. I'll be there. I'll be there tonight. And he'd do the same thing for me. Do you have people like that in your life? You don't have to have a lot of them. But you can find some here. Last fall, Becky and I were having a, a difficult time with family things and some ministry things that were hard, not just all here, but just kind of globally. It was a hard time. And I text, guess what, my, my brother, my small group leader, Jess. And I text him this message about what was going on, and this is how he responded. Oh, brother, my heart hurts. Empathy. Evie and I both will intercede. Let me know if I can do anything possibly more. I said, thank you, dear friend. We feel this is a spiritual attack trying to dissolve our determination. Please pray in the spirit over us. And you can't forget the emojis, y'all. Lots of hearts, lots of prayer. Hit some fire. Fire, fire, fire. Love you very much. And then look what my amazing friend does. A little bit later, I think it was like the next day, he sends me this. Been praying for you, brother. If you need to talk at all, I'm free the rest of the evening. But did it stop there? No. What is it, two days later? Follows up. Things going any better? Then to have a few Jesses in your life. When you say yes to God, you also say yes to this. To this. You say yes to this. Go Church will never be a place where you know everyone's name. But it will always be a place where you know somebody's name. And we're going to grow that way. The best way to find a Jess in your life is to be a Jess for someone else. Take a risk and go first. Take a risk. Start up that conversation when we're about to eat ice cream after this worship experience. Say, hey, my name's Nick. What's your name? Connect. Do a coffee. Plan a lunch with your family. Say, oh man, you got kids? I got kids. What if we went to the park? What if we did this thing? Let's go out after church and they can meet and have fun. It'd be awesome. Let's do a play date. You got a labradoodle? Hey, I got a shih tzu. It's close enough. Everybody help me finish this. Quiet but strong. Say it with me. I was created to... I was created to belong. Close your eyes and let's pray together. Maybe today is your day. Maybe you've heard a lot about God, but today is your day to say yes to God. To say truly, I love you too. You're saying yes to him, and you don't just get him. You get the things that he loves. You get his family. You get people that love you, that will support you. Are we perfect? No, but we serve the perfect one. 
I want you to hear my voice today. This is the gospel for everyone in this room, everybody who's streaming, watching this right now, that God loves you so much, he proved it by sending his one and only son, his best, his only, for your life and for mine, for your messed up life and my messed up life. Even while we were sinners, Jesus gave his life for us. He proved it. He went first. He was courageous and said, I love you first. Jesus came and he lived a life that you and I could never live. He lived the perfect life. And he exchanged his perfect life for our messed up life on the cross. And he gave his life for you, for me. The blood flowed from his body, making a way for us to be in a relationship with the holy God. Waiting for that, I love you too. For some of you in this room, today is that day. If you're ready to say it, if you're ready to make Jesus Christ the Lord and the leader of your life, if you're ready to say, Jesus, I love you too, I want you to pray this prayer with me right now out loud. Say, Jesus, thank you for speaking to my heart. I ask that you would forgive me of every sin. I'm making you the Lord and the leader of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to this week's message. To stay in the know with Go Church, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at letsgo.church. You can also download our app from the App Store by searching Go Church. Have a great week and God bless.